Welcome back to the countdown. It's Thursday night. My name is Ian Farmer, and I thank you for listening. Uh, Tuesday, I was listening to it, and I gotta say, I think my Dennis Schroeder rant is classic. I think my Dennis Schroeder rant is a classic, man. That was hilarious. Uh, I love you. No disrespect to Dennis Schroeder, though, uh, on Real Talk. I mean, that was Real Talk, but uh, on a real note, uh, Dennis Schroeder, I hope you do well in Boston. I, I was like, you are so over your ego head, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. That's a little harsh. I, I'm, I'm a great guy. I shouldn't have said that. But um, tomorrow, unless, if there's like some really, really, really big news, I'll probably slide it in to my college football episode. But tomorrow, there won't be a, like, a podcast. There will be a podcast, but it will be an episode on my college football uh, predictions. So, not not like Heisman and, like, Defense Player of the Year and all that, it, and Coach of the Year. It would be, like, um like standing rankings, like, playoff predictions and stuff. Like, way too early. But we're going to stick with the NBA for now. Kawhi Leonard signs a four-year, $176.3 million deal with the Clippers. Uh, like I said, Kawhi Leonard loves L.A., and he wants to stay in Los Angeles Ever since he was in San Antonio, he wants to. He wanted to stay with Los Angeles, and that's exactly what he has done. The next four years, Kawhi Leonard is in the middle, kind of the middle. He's in like he's as far as all the old players go. He's young. Put like all the old like superstars in like a category, and he's like the young. He's like the young cat of the old people. He's like the new member of the senior citizen. How old is Kawhi Leonard, though? I get into this stuff. How old is Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi is 30. Okay, he's not that old. Um, That's four more years. That is the rest of Kawhi Leonard's prime in the NBA. That is the rest of Kawhi Leonard's prime as a national basketball player. Uh, as a professional basketball player. That is the rest of Kawhi's prime. Uh, the Clippers, that is huge news seeing that he is 30 years old. Kawhi Leonard will spend the rest of his superstar days, more than likely, in Los Angeles. Congratulations, Kawhi Leonard. That's all I really have to say on that. Uh, I'm going to review college basketball bracketology, but before I get to that, let's talk about Jalen Duran, the 6'10 center who signed with Memphis, um, my favorite player, NBA player of all time. I could argue it was Kobe. It's a very um tough. I have you know my, my passion for basketball. My passion for sports in general is just insane. So it's a very like touchy and like hard topic for me to choose. Who is my like favorite player of all time? But Penny Hardaway was for the longest time, and I'd still make the argument that he is. So very happy for Memphis there. He, uh, Jalen Duren, was originally classified for the 2022 college basketball class. However, he did reclassify to the 2021 class, so he will play this season. Um, like I said, a 6'10 center that can maybe help Memphis get to, that can maybe help get Penny Hardaway to his first tournament. But let's look. I'm going to make some predictions here, actually. College f- basketball bracketology, I love these, especially the way too early because it's um, – it's just really cool to look at before the season. I've already looked at it. There's some things I like, some things I don't like. 
But Gonzaga is the number one seed, and they are in the West, which means they um, they are predicting that Gonzaga will finish as the number one team in the nation. They have Texas as the num- as a number another number one seed. Texas is a very stacked team with their new coach Chris Beard. They have UCLA, who just brought Johnny Juzane back, one of the best, uh, good recruiting class. Coming off what they did last season, uh, no doubt that they'll be a great team. In the last number one seed is Kansas. They were already a good team, a top 10 team, but they added Remy Martin, which just makes them a whole other level of a team. He will be their star player this season, no doubt in my mind. Over in the West, uh, Illinois with Kobe Cockburn is the second seed. I love Kobe Cockburn. I don't think he's going to lead a team into like a Final Four. I don't see that happening. I don't see Kobe Cockburn raising a regional trophy at the end of the season. I I don't. I don't. I really don't. Uh, But that's no disrespect to him. Uh, Michigan, bringing back Hunter Dickinson. Kind of the same thing here. I think Michigan is probably an overall better team than Illinois this season. But in the UCLA, they have Baylor. Baylor. I don't really know what to expect from Baylor this season. They brought back uh, Teague. Teague, who will be a decent player in my opinion. a uh, One of the top. I think he's a shooting guard. Oh, I can't think. Um, Purdue, who expects to have high hopes this season. They are the second seed in Kansas's uh, region. Uh, they have Houston as a three seed. They brought back uh, not Quentin Grimes, but the other player. I'm killing myself because I am a big fan of Houston. I like Houston. They also have Arkansas as the four seed. The five seed is North Carolina. The six seed is Oregon. They have Oklahoma State and Indiana as the eight and nine seed in the Gonzaga region. In the East region with Texas and Michigan, the three seed is Villanova with Colin Gillespie, which I think is really low. I think Villanova could potentially be a number one seed. Colin Gillespie, no doubt in my mind, he will be a player of the year candidate, although I do think Drew Timmy will eventually win that award. We have Memphis as the four seed. They just got Jalen Duran, which is a big deal. This was made after. This was made this morning at 7 a.m., Eastern Time, St. Bonaventure at number five. They have, let me see here. Auburn as a six seed. I'm sorry, USC is a seven seed, and they have LSU and Virginia Tech at eight and nine. Midwest, Chicago, UCLA, and Baylor region, they have Kentucky as a three seed. I am a Kentucky fan. I hate that. I know you guys are going to think I'm biased. I don't see Kentucky being as low as a three seed. I think we're at least a two seed. I think we're a good team. I could see us being a three seed, though. I could I could see that. Uh, Ohio State is the four seed. Ooh. Ohio State is the four seed. And the five seed is Tennessee. Six seed is Florida State. Michigan State is seven. Notre Dame, West Virginia, rounding that out. Kansas and Purdue region, three seed is Duke, four seed is Alabama, five seed is Maryland, six seed is Texas Tech, seventh seed is UConn, eight seed is Xavier, and nine seed is Florida. 
Now, who do I think will make it out of each region? I have no doubt in my mind that Gonzaga with Drew Timmy, the number one recruit in the nation, Shet Holmgren, uh, their bench player who I think is going to step up and be a star this season. I cannot think of his name. I have no doubt that they'll make the Elite Eight. And over in the backside of their region, I do think Kofi Cogburn and Illinois will meet them in the Elite Eight. We all, a lot of people wanted to see Gonzaga play Illinois in the championship game last season. They won't get to see the full thing, but they'll get to see the two, the two teams face off in the Elite Eight. Texas, we we um we we hated seeing them lose to Abilene Christian last season. We loved the upset, but we hate to see that team come so far with Tevin Coleman to just fall on collapse. I think they do get to the Elite Eight as the one seed, although I think they're going to play. Let's be weird. Let's be weird, man. St. Bonaventure as a five seed comes in and takes the upset. And they even get past Michigan. That is my way too early. I predicted Houston as I thought they were going to be a six seed. I predicted them last season. This season, that team is St. Bonaventure. I have them going to the final four. I've explained before on my account and on the countdown there is reasons why you should trust me. UCLA, no doubt they get to the to to uh, the Elite Eight in their region, no question. By the way, St. Bonaventure, I think will beat Michigan. No, I think they'll beat Villanova to make the Final Four in the Elite Eight. Uh, I think Kentucky will get to the Elite Eight. I like the team this season. They they have a lot of depth. They added Kellen Grady. Got Ty Ty Washington as our star point guard, bringing Keon Brooks Jr. back, which I think will have a productive season. Mm, yeah. I think Kansas will get to the, to, to the Elite Eight, and I think they will play. I think where it's Coach K's last season, I think Duke will make the Elite Eight. But I think they will fall to Kansas. And I think Kansas makes the Final Four in the Midwest region. I think that, I don't know. In the East region, I think, I had Tate Bonaventure already winning that one. And I think Gonzaga beats Illinois. So I got a one seed, a five seed, and a one seed. I love you. I love UCLA this season. I love UCLA this season. But uh, you guys are going to call me biased. I'll just take my cats because I don't see any other team in here that I could really see making the Final Four. For right now, I'll just take my cats to the Final Four. I think that Gonzaga will beat St. Bonaventure in the Final Four to make the championship game. And I think that Kansas will beat Kentucky in the Final Four, and Kansas will make the championship game. Where I think Gonzaga will win, I have talked about this before. I think the Gonzaga will win. Drew Timmy, Shet Holmgren, they got the best front court in years in college basketball. I mean, in years. I mean, that is an insane front court. I can't even begin to express how 
insane of a front court that is. But that was my college basketball bracketology preview. Uh, if I'm talking low, I'm sorry. It's very late at night. I hope you guys can hear me just fine. Uh, Mac Jones. I hope you guys enjoyed that college basketball bracketology review. That was something different. I actually really like that. And I could be whack for p- picking like St. Bonaventure. And I know I could be biased for picking Kentucky. But that's just the way I feel. I don't think Baylor has enough to get back to the Final Four after losing Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. I don't think Florida State makes it, especially as after losing Scotty Barnes. I can't see like a Seton Hart BYU making it. I don't see Ohio State making it or Tennessee. They have Loyola Chicago as a 12 seed. That's cool. I think they'll beat. Nah, I don't know. They might be. They might get another upset and beat Tennessee again. Uh. I don't see Michigan State making it as a seven seed. I don't think. Yeah. And, I mean, there's not going to be three number ones. That's why I don't have UCLA in there. UCLA is probably a better overall around team than Kentucky. But Matt Jones is currently throwing 13 of 19 for 87 yards. Matt Jones got a standing ovation today. And he had a, he's having a great preseason. Uh an amazing preseason debut. Um, Matt, that definitely had to make Matt Jones feel at home whenever he got the standing ovation at the Patriots game tonight. By the way, day one, he finished with those same stats, 13 of 19, 87 yards. Taylor Honicky played for a little bit of the game. They ended up substituting Steven Montez. But you guys let me know. Do you think it'll be Matt Jones or Cam Noon? I think they'll play their start Matt Jones maybe sometime this season just to see how he does. I mean, they picked him at 15. They didn't do that for no reason. They did that because they're not sure about Cam. But if Cam can keep his health right and keep his health stable, then I think Cam will be the starter. But right now, we really don't We really don't know anything could really happen, I suppose, with this Patriots quarterback job. We'll just have to wait and see. But however, last but not least is my NFL award predictions. I couldn't really think of what to do for this episode, but especially not having a, an episode of the um, countdown coming tomorrow, like an actual like you know podcast, like I usually do. I thought it would be good to go ahead and do my NFL award predictions. Something good for you guys. Something juicy for you guys. We got MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, and Comeback Player of the Year. Let's start off with the Most Valuable Player Award. I think it'll be Patrick Mahomes. We call Patrick Mahomes the chosen one, Kermit the Frog. Not really. I do. But we call him the prodigy and all this. But he only has one MVP so far. I think the Chiefs, you know, I think that they will win the Super Bowl this season. I think they make a comeback. And I think Patrick Mahomes has an MVP season. He always does. He always he has since forever. I think Patrick Mahomes will win the most valuable player award. My offensive my offensive rookie of the year is Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry won it last year. Dalvin Cook is really good. It usually goes to a running back. A wide receiver is usually a candidate. He's in the mix. 
but offensive rookie of the year usually goes to a running back. And I think Christian McCaffrey has a bounce back season. I'm a Panthers fan. I'm staring at my bed right now. It's Panthers. It's a Panthers mattress and pillows. Okay. Call me biased. That is perfectly fine. That's fine with me. It's whatever you think. It's your opinion. But I think Christian McCaffrey is the most versatile and best running back in the NFL. And I think he has a big stats, um, big comeback season this season. My defense player of the year is Aaron Donald. I could be wrong on that, but they seem to give it to him about every year. I thought last year, as much as I don't really respect him uh, for my own reasons, uh, TJ Watt, I, he's really kind of the uh, defensive player of the year, and they gave it to Aaron Donald. Uh, that could change. I think Miles Garrett could be. I think they might give it to TJ Watt if he has a really good season. But right now, we'll just stick with arguably the best player in the NFL, Aaron Donald. My offensive rookie of the year, I think it'll be Trevor Lawrence. Then uh, the Jaguars system with a new NFL coach. I th- I don't think by any means Trevor Lawrence will be a bust. I think he'll be a great player. He's the number one pick for a reason. Won a title at Clemson. Um, great player. I do think that the way he runs, his speed, won't necessarily translate over excuse me translate over to the NFL but I think he'll be a decent runner which adds some uh, electricity to his game and I think he's an overall great prospect and I think he'll win offensive rookie of the year my defense rookie of the year I really did want to go JC Horn I mean I hate to try I hate to seem biased I really did want to go JC Horn but just to seem unbiased I like the linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. He's on the Cowboys this season. We saw in the NFC East last season a Washington defense that has struggled for years. Chase Young came in, turned Washington's defense around. I think that could be the same case here. I think Micah Parsons could be a big piece. He is. He is a big piece for the Cowboys defense. I think he could really contribute that much to where the Cowboys could be have a, a decent defense this season. My coach of the year, the way it's been the last few seasons, it hasn't been the top team, but it's been the most improved team that um, the coach of the most improved team has got it. I thought it should have went to the Bills last season, Sean McDermott, but it went to Kevin Stefanski of the Browns, which I could understand. Uh, this season, I think it'll be Sean McVay. We haven't seen the Rams do a whole lot in the playoffs the last few seasons. Um, if you watch the countdown on a regular basis, I have the Rams meeting the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, and, like, I wanted to pick a Buccaneers-Chiefs rematch because, like, that just seems right. Like, Mahomes has to dethrone Brady at some point. But, man, I, I, I don't like picking the same thing because it gets boring. And it's, no matter what it is, a lot of times when you just pick the same teams over and over, it does. It can definitely be unlikely. Like, we saw the Cavs and Warriors in the NBA a few seasons ago, but that was just, that was rare. It's like Lakers-Celtics. It's it was That was rare back in the day. Um, But I had the Rams winning this, um, going to the Super Bowl and losing to the Chiefs. I think Sean McVay will be coach of the year. And my comeback player of the year, this ain't even close to bias in my opinion. I think Christian McCaffrey will be the runner-up for this award. I think Christian McCaffrey 
will disputably be the runner-up for this award. If Christian McCaffrey, if his talents were in the arm of a quarterback, Christian McCaffrey would win the comeback player of the year. But that's Prescott, but Dak Prescott is a quarterback. I don't expect him to be an MVP front runner this season, but I do expect him to be in the back of the MVP conversation. I think the comeback player of the year is Dak Prescott, will who will lead the Cowboys to a winning record to around ten and seven, nine and eight, and I think they will make the playoffs because of their division, because of their division. But I think they make the playoffs, and they cannot do that without Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott was my comeback player of the year. I thank you guys for listening today. It has been my pleasure. I cannot wait for tomorrow. It's going to come like around this time, but I definitely cannot wait for my college football video. It's going to be my first ever episode outside of a regular podcast, and I am so excited for that. However, I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace.